Um, so they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day. So his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of men, the men who had eaten was 5,000. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, brothers and sisters. It's wonderful to meet together to worship God again. Today's passage is one of Jesus' most famous miracles, the feeding of the 5,000. In fact, this is the only one of Jesus' miracles which is recorded in all four Gospels. Chapter 6 of Mark begins with Jesus' rejection in his hometown, verses 1 to 6 and continues with the twelve being sent out as apostles to carry forth his mission of preaching and healing. That is verses 7 to 13. This is followed by the tragic end of John the Baptist, verses 14 to 29, and then the return of the twelve in verse 30. This is where this morning passage begins. Jesus had sent out the twelve, and they had just returned from a prolonged period of ministry. They reported to Jesus all that they had done and taught. Back in verses 12 and 13, we learned they were preaching repentance, casting out demons, and healing people. So now having returned, they needed rest. The plan was a little retreat to recuperate because of the crowd. Jesus and his disciples were constantly ministering, constantly serving so much that Mark tells us they didn't even have time to eat. It was time for a break. In his humanity, Jesus and the twelve were exhausted with all the teaching, healing, and traveling. Jesus knew that they had to be alone. 
they needed to retreat so that they might be refreshed and renewed to continue to do what they had to be done. So he said to them in verse 31, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they got into a boat and traveled across the Sea of Galilee. Luke tells us to Poseidon in Luke chapter 9 verse 10. Poseidon was located on the northeastern shore of the sea. So if they were around Capernaum, it was just a few miles traveled by boat, then a few more by foot. Now there were large glassy meadows about a mile to the south of Bethsaida, which were large enough to accommodate the crowd. It would have been about four or five miles from this particular place to cross the sea and about 10 miles to walk around the north end of the sea. You may refer to the map. As Jesus and his disciples approached the shore to find a secluded, deserted place to rest, they were met again by the ever-present crowd. You see, apparently, when Jesus and the twelve got in the boat, either the crowd overheard where they were going, or they could tell by the direction of the boat. Either way, the crowd saw them going, and the people started running around the shore by foot. The word was spreading, and so more people were joining them from the various towns. So that by the time Jesus and the disciples landed the boat, there would be a huge crowd already waiting for them. When Jesus saw the crowd upon arriving, he forgot all about his needs, all the needs of the disciples, and began to minister to the crowd. He was trying to get away, but when he saw the crowd, something happened. He felt compassion, and that compassion moved him to action because he saw them for what they were, sheep without a shepherd. This should be our response to lost, hopeless, helpless people. Not annoyance, irritation, condemnation, but compassion and a desire to introduce them to Jesus. For Jesus, the gospel accounts tells us he did three things. First, and Mark focuses on this, he taught them many things. In our caring for people, we have got to make sure we don't just meet physical needs. We have got to meet spiritual needs meeting physical needs, giving them food and clothing is a wonderful thing to do. But beyond that, we must share the gospel of Christ, of the word of God. Second, Jesus healed them. He healed them again. He was exhausted. 
he had traveled to this remote area to get some rest. And when he got there, the crowd were already there. The sick, lame, deaf, blind, lepers pressing in around him. And he healed them. Not only did he teach them, not only did he heal them, but thirdly, he fed them, which we are going to see in next sections. He met their physical needs, which bring us to these incredible miracles. After a long day of teaching, the crowd and healing the sick, verse 35, by this time, it was late in that day. The disciples had done their best to endure the long day. Now, towards the end of the day, the disciples were exhausted. So they approached Jesus with a suggestion. Verses 35 and 36 continue. So his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves, buy themselves something to eat. It was a reasonable suggestion. The people were hungry. They needed to have something to eat. It was necessary to dismiss them so that they might have an, an opportunity to eat. The disciples were concerned for this crowd. They felt the crowd's hunger and they shared in the crowd's hunger. Now, they even had a solution for the crowd's hunger needs. The way of thinking to send the crowd away that they might get something for themselves to eat seemed as the most reasonable course of action. But Jesus did not think so. John asked the, that Jesus look over the crowd and said to Philip in John chapter 6, verse 5, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Now, he asked Philip specifically for a couple of reasons. First, Philip was from around the area. He would have known where the closest place to get food would be. This time, Jesus looked at them squarely in the eyes and said, You give them something to eat. You is in the emphatic. You do it. And they responded, But you heard Philip, do you want, to, want us to spend 200 denarii, which was half a year's wages, to feed them? Jesus asked this only to test Philip, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. That is John chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. Why did Jesus ask such an unreasonable thing from his disciples when he knew they had no means to feed such a large crowd? Because Jesus didn't think his, 
demand was unreasonable. Humanly, it was unreasonable. But from a spiritual point of view, there was nothing unreasonable about his demand that his disciples feed the crowd. The disciples had been thinking from a human point of view. Jesus wanted them to think from a spiritual perspective. Jesus had called his disciples not to just make believers out of them, but to make compassionate shepherds out of them. For that, they needed to change their way of thinking. They should not think, we have done enough already, or we we can do no more. They should think differently, like shepherds, familiar with God's compassion for the needy. You give them something to eat was not so unreasonable. It was what Jesus expects his disciples to do. Next, Jesus asked how many loaves do you have? Go and see. After searching, all they were able to find were five loaves and two fish. When you think of loaves, you need to think of pita-sized pieces of bread, only enough for a little boy's lunch. Not only that, there are two fish. Fish back then were commonly pickled and spread on bread like anchovies on pizza. Anyway, when they said, we have only got five loaves and two fish, what did Jesus say? In Matthew chapter 14, verse 18, he said, bring them here to me. Mark tells us that the people were commanded to sit down in the glass in groups of fifties and hundreds. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish. He looked up to put heaven, gave thanks, and broke the loaves and divided the fish. He gave them to his disciples to distribute to the crowd. And they add, and they add, and they add, till they were satisfied. How did he do it? I have no idea. He just broke the bread. And every time he broke it, there was no more there. And he kept giving it to the disciples. And they kept serving it. They didn't run out till any, everyone was served and satisfied. When they collected the leftovers, there were 12 baskets full. And Matthew tells us there were 5,000 men alone, besides women and children. Conservative estimates place a crowd at 15,000 people. It was an incredible miracle. It is important to note that Jesus was using the miracles of feeding the 5,000 to teach his disciples something. What he did was designed 
to remind them of the feeding of the multitudes of Israel in the wilderness. When the manna came down from heaven. Mark keeps emphasizing this was a secluded place. Verse 31, Jesus said, let's go to a remote place. Verse 32, they went away to a remote place. And verse 35, the disciples say, this is a wilderness. What's the point? Most, most note that God met the Israelites in the wilderness and provided for their needs miraculously there. Water from a rock, manna from heaven. Now Jesus will do the same. Mark is continuing to answer the question, who is this man? He was drawing a deliberate picture of who he was for these disciples. He is the son of God. In fact, John will make the connection explicit. He is the bread of life come down from heaven. John chapter 6, verse 41. These disciples were expected to learn from this incident that this was who it was they were following. So what does this miracle teach us? First, who is this Jesus? Yes, the feeding of the 5,000 is a great miracle and recorded in all four Gospels. But why does Mark record it? And why here? Remember Mark's main point. He wants to prove Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus proved it by his amazing teaching and his amazing miracles, which he does again here. In fact, this is the first of a pair of nature miracles in Mark's gospel. He multiplies food and next he walks on water. Mark is proving who Jesus is. You see, the previous story began with people asking, who is this Jesus? Some thought he was John the Baptist. Others thought he was Elijah or one of the prophets. That's verses 14 and 15. Mark says, He's much greater than that. He's greater than Moses. He's greater than Elijah. He's greater than John. He's the son of God. Second, spend time with God. God knows our limits. We can't be working all the time, even if it is work for God's kingdom. That's one of the reasons why God gave us the Sabbath, a day set aside especially for worship and rest. We all need to balance out work and rest. Time spent with people 
and time spent with God. The disciples were overworked, and Jesus had compassion on them. He said in verse 31, Come with me by yourselves to acquire a place and get some rest. We all need a quiet place where we can get away from the normal distractions of life and just be alone with God. Do you have a quiet place where you go to be with God? Do you go there daily? Jesus invites you to come with him to a quiet and he will give you rest. Thirdly, it was Jesus who took what little these tired and overwhelmed disciples had and multiplied it to meet the need that, humanly speaking, his disciples could never have met. What faith lesson is he trying to teach his disciples? What faith lesson is he trying to teach us in this society of overwhelmed people? Jesus took the litter, they had, and performed an unbelievable miracles. He's waiting to do the same thing in our lives. He's wanting us to look to him instead of our own puny resources to make it through the demands and challenges of life. God wants us to share what we have, even though it seems insignificant. God can bless it and make it great. What is impossible with us is possible with God. We are to feed upon God's word so that we can share it with the world. It is to be shared to all people, small and great, Jews and Gentiles. Finally, one of the most important principles you will learn in the Christian life is to give it to Jesus. Jesus says, bring them here to me. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 18. Do you have a problem in your life? Give it to Jesus. Do you have an opportunity? Give it to Jesus. Are you concerned about the future? Give it to Jesus. Are you distressed about the past? Give it to Jesus. Are there people in your life whom you love and care for? Yes, give them to Jesus in prayer. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares. For you. Amen. And God bless you.